If you ever wanted to know what it would sound like to be prayed for by someone from the Bible, get ready. In fact, if you have been reading along with us, we do something called 260, whether we, we take the 260 weekdays of the year and we read the 260 chapters that are part of the New Testament. And so we, we've divided that up and right now we've just started in the book of Ephesians. And in Ephesians, there's not one prayer, there are two prayers. The apostle Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter. And so we have two prayers from prison that listen, yes, they were written to his friends in the city of Ephesus, but guess what? They are just as real and just as powerful for you and for me today, right now. So there's a prayer in Ephesians chapter one, very worth reading, but we're gonna spend our time today in chapter three of Ephesians. And I want you to read this and hear it along with me. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. Paul said this. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. And you can just like hit somebody next to you and say, that's you. To grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. May it be so, Lord. Now listen, there is a lot in this prayer. There is so much truth and so much power, so much beauty that we could actually kind of get lost in all the words if we don't pay close attention to what Paul is saying and praying. In fact, some of Paul's words here could almost feel like little rabbit trails. Like he's got this one idea going on and then boop, comes off over here, pops up over here. Now, you know what rabbit trails are. You know, there's the main path, and then there's these little things that can feel like, maybe it's, it's getting me away from the main point. But I wanna tell you something. Every word that Paul prays here is so powerful and so meaningful. There are no rabbit trails in this prayer. Rather, what I wanna tell you is that it's, it's almost like there are observation points along the way. That he says, hey, here's the main road, but I want you to think about this. I want you to see something else over here. Observation points along the way. Last summer, Kelly and I had the opportunity to go on a pretty cool vacation. We actually traveled with Kelly's dad, 
Jim. Some of you have met Jim, awesome man of God. And Jim kind of wanted to do a little, I don't know, a little revival tour, like of, of places he'd visited before, and he loves national parks. And he said, how about this? I will pay for the gas and I will pay for the hotel rooms. But on our vacation, we visited family and stuff, but on our vacation, I want to also go and visit four national parks, places I've been before, and we're like, man, you're paying the bills? It's like, we will be happy to be your Uber drivers. <laughs> so we got to actually go to four national parks um, last summer as part of our vacation. It was really, really cool. One of the places we visited was Bryce Canyon National Park. It's in kind of southwest Utah, amazing. Uh, it's really close to Zion, maybe for Zion National Park. We got to there too, but Bryce Canyon is, it's kind of unique. It's literally, it's a canyon. Like there's one way in, one way out. It's like, you don't like go through it on your way to somewhere else. You go to Bryce Canyon and you like, well, you drive to the end of the canyon. Now that drive is 18 miles long. If you just stayed right on that main road and get to the end of the canyon, I mean, you'd, you'd be kind of done with Bryce Canyon in about a half an hour, you know? It's like, zip, warm, whoop, that was Bryce Canyon, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Now, listen, that main drive is beautiful, but the main goal here is not to, like, speed through it and get on our way. The goal is to stop at the 13 observation points. These like scenic lookouts that invite you to like stop, pause, drink in the beauty, the majesty of, of all that Bryce Canyon has to offer. Listen, if you were just to speed through Zion, or not Zion, uh, Bryce Canyon, you would miss pictures like this that I was able to capture. Do we have that photo? Do we have the photo? There it is. You would not, I'm promising, you would not see this if you did not stop at the observation points. And I could show you a bunch more pictures, but this is just like to illustrate. There's the main path, and then there's also these amazing observation points. Listen, Bryce Canyon reminds me of Paul's prayer. There's like the main drive, like this is the main thing. But then there's all this beauty and majesty and power that's just like, hey, just pull over, think about this, check this out, drink it in. So what I want us to do is I want us to go back to this prayer of Paul's. But the first thing I want us to do is I want us to like, skip the observation points and like, what was like the main thing that he was driving at? Let's consider that and then let's, we'll go back and we'll drive it a little bit more slowly and we'll pull off at some of the observation points and check some things out more deeply. Sound good? Okay. So what I did is I took Paul's prayer and I took out all the observation points. Like, this is the main drive. Like, if we were to drive straight through Paul's prayer, this is what it would be like. Go ahead and put it up on the screen so everyone can read along. Buckle up here. Okay, here we go. Straight, straight drive through, straight shot. I pray that he, speaking of God, I pray that he may strengthen you with power so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. And I pray that you may have power 
to grasp the love of Christ and to know this love that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. Punchy, powerful, straight through. And here's the key takeaway. When we read that and we hear his heart coming out through his prayer, the main takeaway is this, that God's strength is available to me. I think we have a slide on this too. God's strength is available to me so I can experience his love. God so much wants us to experience his love, but you know what? This is the unique thing. It's something of his power that will release that in our life experience. We don't stumble into it. We don't like accidentally like, whoa, hey, God loves me. There is a release of his power necessary for us to experience his love. Maybe during worship today, you bumped up against that power. Maybe during worship today, you were like, what is going on in my soul? Because when we open ourselves to his power, he's willing to give it. He's willing to give it. And when we experience his power, it's not like it just like knocks us over and like, wow, that was crazy. No, it's actually when we experience his power, we should be experiencing his love more fully than we would have ever imagined possible. Now, twice here in Paul's prayer, the part, the portion that we read, he asked for God's power to be released in our lives. And if you kind of reverse engineer this prayer, you figure out why is he praying that? Because without God's power, without his intervening help, we will never experience, and here's what we read, we will never experience that inner transformation that we long for in our lives. He also says that we will never experience now, you can stop the slides, go back. You're, too, you're way too early. You're way too early. Just blank that out. Blank that out of your mind. We're gonna get back to that. But we will never experience that inner transformation. We will never experience the fullness of his love. And we will never be enabled to experience that fullness of life that he has intended for you and for me. Without his power, without his intervention, without something of his strength coming in, that's our reality. And that's what we learn when we like just blaze through, straight through this prayer. But let's take a few moments and let's like pause at each one of these three areas and discover the truth of what we can discern through Paul's prayer for us. You ready to take a closer look? Pull over. Meditate on these amazing, majestic views. In this prayer, we learn number one. Now we can put that slide back up. God's power enables me to experience inner transformation. Inner transformation. That's what his power enables me 
to do. That's why Paul was praying for it. Paul's prayer informs us what is possible with God, that we would be transformed from the inside out. Just look at these two verses, verse 16 and 17 from this prayer in Ephesians 3. He says this, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your what? Inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. First, I want you to notice something, that it's God who is doing this transforming work. It's not something that's happening in our own might, our own power, our own effort. It's from him. I mean, notice, notice these words. He says, it's out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. Make no confusion. This is not your ability to like, oh, I can do this. No, this is something that God will do. That's why we're praying for it. God released this in our lives. Release this in my family. Release this in my friends. Release this in the lives of my coworkers. Release this, Lord, in the people's lives I go to school with. And it's so good that this is this work of God because there are points in our life when we find ourselves very, very weak. Where we just know, I do not have the strength or the power to pull myself out of the mess that I'm in. But that's okay. Because this is God's work. This is his power. The work of his spirit that will strengthen us. In fact, it's in 2 Corinthians 12 that Paul talks about discovering God's power that was shown to be the strongest when he was at the weakest points of his journey. It's where we, he prays three times, God, take this away from me, take this away from me, take this away. And he says, but here's what I discovered. God wasn't gonna take it away. This point of weakness. He said, this is what I learned, that God told me that his grace would be perfected in my weakness. And he finishes in 1 Corinthians 12, telling us what he learned. He says, it's clear that when I'm weak, it's when I'm strong. This is that inner work, that work in my inner being. And Paul prays here for God's strength to empower us in our inner being. Listen, like Paul, we discovered there are many times when our outer circumstances do not change. You're still struggling with that person at work, that cranky neighbor, that cranky spouse. Oh. As I look in the mirror and see that cranky spouse. <laughs> Sometimes the circumstances do not change. The sickness is not removed. The challenge is not miraculously dealt with. 
But what we find is that that does not stop the power of God from like getting into that situation and working because he's working not just in my outer circumstance, he's working on the inner being of my life. That is crazy important to remember because my circumstances might not change, but guess what? He begins dealing with anxiety, healing, transforming, working, pulling me by his power out of depression, out of doubt, out of unforgiveness, by his power, taking away the rage that just wants to like elevate in my life, in my mind. He wants to come and answer those deepest personal questions about who am I really? All things in our inner being. And it is not dependent on our circumstance. We may go through really hard times. In fact, let me remind you, Paul was writing this from a prison cell. Now he had, when you read the whole story of the apostle Paul, he'd been miraculously delivered from a prison cell before. Like we read in Acts 16 that he was in prison and you know what, God sent this earthquake. There was this miraculous earthquake and it shook so powerfully that like the handcuffs fell off and all the prison doors flew open. Listen, God can set us free when deal with our outer circumstance whenever he wants. And sometimes we just anticipate, well, God must not be real because the prison doors aren't flying open. And he says, no, I'm doing an inner work in your inner being that's even more important than the circumstances that you're living with right now. Paul wrote this from prison. He was not miraculously being set free. So he had a lot of time to think about, man, what is God doing? He must be up to something. Oh yeah, he's working on my inner being. And so I'm praying the same for my friends. What's the outcome of this inner work? It's Christ actually dwelling in our hearts. I love that, that it says that, that Jesus would come and dwell in our hearts. Now, Paul, I don't believe, is talking about salvation here. He was talking to people who were already in the church, people who had put their trust in Jesus. He wasn't talking about, like, salvation. He was talking about us opening our, the, like, the front door of our lives so fully that Jesus would come off the front porch of our life and into every room within my heart and start to set up home here, that he would dwell within me, like no closets off limits to him. Jesus, you can have the first floor of my life, but upstairs, no, it's mine. And I got some stuff in the basement that you are not welcome into. No, when he says that Christ would dwell, there's such an inner work that we're like, no, God, I'm flinging open every single door in my inner man, in my, in my life. Come and dwell here. Come and make your home. See, he is the ultimate fixer-upper. He wants to dwell. 
within us. So the question is like, are there doors that we have locked and said, Jesus is not there? Not these relationships, not this perspective, not what, have we submitted all of who we are? And listen, renovation is painful. It's painful to our wallets. It's painful to our calendars. It messes everything up. Dust is flying. So a lot of times, like, we may just say, God, I don't want you to renovate in those areas. I'm keeping those doors locked. Because inside we know that there are places in our inner being that he may want to take down to the studs and rebuild. Because things are not working according to our blueprints that we've been operating with. But if we keep Jesus out, we're gonna miss out on something beautiful. And the second thing that he says here, the second observation point gets to what we would be missing. Because here's the second truth we encounter in Paul's prayer. God's power enables me to experience all of Jesus' love. When we keep him out, we're not gonna get to experience that but his power will enable us to experience all of his love. Let's go back to the prayer and highlight some words here from verses 17 and 19. Paul says, and I pray that you may have power to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Crazy. See, now listen, look here. Remember, Paul prays again for what? For God's power. This time to enable us to experience his love. And he says that we're both, keep this scripture up here for a second. I want you to look at these couple of words. He says that we're both to grasp it and to know it, to grasp his love and to know his love. First, we're to grasp it. I think this is like when we first get a clue. Oh, wow, this is, wow, you love that much? This is amazing. Look at how high and how low, how wide, how deep. This is crazy. This is like stepping out onto that observation deck and going, Bryce Canyon, mind blown. It's amazing. We like grasp the idea of it. We didn't know before, but now we know. Grab a hold, grasp. Come to understand the reality of his love because we then, because as we begin to encounter Jesus, we were like blown away by, by the fact like God left heaven and came to earth as a man? I wouldn't have done that. Why did he do that? For God so loved the world that he sent his son. Oh, wow. Wow. Beginning to grasp your love. It's amazing. And then we see what Jesus does on earth. He touches the untouchable. People who couldn't be touched, he touched them anyway. 
Not only did he touch them, he healed them. He set them free. He actually even raised the dead to life. What? His love is amazing. But then we keep reading and we realize that he actually sacrificed his life for you and me and all of humanity by going to the cross. What? And he did that because of his love for me? Grasp it. Wow, I did not realize that. He secured eternal life for me. He secured forgiveness for all my brokenness. I'm grasping that. Just a little bit more. But he doesn't just stop with saying grasp it. He also says that we're to come to know it. To come to know it. Which is different. (laughs) And he says this in a way that is so insightful but can sound a little confusing. I think we have this slide where we just have these words pulled out. And I pray that you may have power to know this love that does what? That surpasses knowledge. God, how can I know something that I can't know? (laughs) If it surpasses, if it's beyond my intellectual capacity, then why are you telling me to know this love in that way? How can I know something that is unknowable? You're confusing me, God. Paul. I want to get off the observation deck and get back on that main path because this is confusing me. But don't be confused. Don't be confused. Because, see, this is a love that goes beyond our intellectual ability to just, like, grasp facts. Yes, he came to earth. Yes, He touched people and healed them and brought them back to life. Yes, he went to the cross for you and me. Those are all things that we can like grasp and we can understand more of his love. But there's something that goes even deeper because there is also the kind of knowledge that is not just intellectual, but is lived. Experience. Experienced love. Walking along, walking alongside Jesus and all of a sudden realizing that this is not just intellectual, but like I can actually experience his grace. When you experience his forgiveness and you're set free, see, now I know something beyond what someone told me or something I just read. I've lived it, I've experienced it. This is an experiential, personal knowledge. It goes beyond our intellectual capacity to understand. And friends, if you have not given your trust to Jesus and begun to walk with him, you will never experience this knowledge of his love that surpasses knowledge. Because you have to walk, you have to live it, you have to surrender to him to get to that point of experiential love. It's not that different than our human relationships. It's like when I came to meet my lovely bride, Kelly, when she was just a mere teenager, 
there were things like when I first got to know her that I could grasp about her. She's cute, charming, great smile. I, you know, I, I got to know things about her. She's smart. She is super faithful. She's a very loyal human being. All these things that kind of drew me to her. I grasped those truths. But you know what? It wasn't until I put a ring on it, right? Until, it was not until we were married and living together that I experienced a love that went way beyond what I had grasped earlier. But if I would not have married her, come in a covenant relationship, right? Through better or for worse, to go through those storms together, to experience the highs and the lows, I would not have known the real Kelly because it's an experienced love. And Paul is saying here that the power of God will enable us to experience all of his love, not just because our brains get stronger and we can grasp more facts, but because we can walk alongside of him and begin to experience personally the majesty, the wonder, the glory of his love. I pray you experience that. So what's the outcome? Here's the third thing. God's power enables me to experience the fullness of life that he's intended for me. The fullness of life. Look one more time at this scripture. Pay particular attention to the final words here, but it's, it's in verses 17 through 19 again. He says, I pray that you may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, that you may, and, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. And then he says, why? That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You don't walk in his love, don't grasp it, don't come to know it experientially. You'll never get to this place of experiencing the fullness of life that he has for you. This is the goal. <laughs> that we would have lives filled to the brim and overflowing with true life. I love John 10:10, 10, 10, right? Where Jesus said, man, the thief came, to mess things up, steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, but I came that they may have life and have it to the full. But check out, I love in the, uh, the Passion Translation. I love just how, how this is articulated, how Jesus' words like come to life. He says, I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. That is the life that Jesus came to bring you and me and your neighbor. 
How do we get this power of God? God, if it's your power that will release this in me, God, how do we get this power? How do I access it? Well, I wanna finish by reading the last two verses of this prayer. We haven't read them yet. Because everything we read was like this prayer. And then at the end of his prayer, he breaks into something that would be called like a doxology. This like explosion of worship at the end of this prayer. Listen to how Paul finishes. He says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. Just pause right there, like mind blown. Like what? God, you are so good, so strong, so powerful that like I cannot even imagine how great your goodness is. I cannot even imagine it. If I can't imagine, I can't ask for it. That's our God. Lord over all. The universe is his. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Boom. (laughs) According to his power that is at work within us. Here's what I wanna tell you. Whether you know it or not, God's power is already at work in your life. Whether you acknowledge it, whether you could point to specific things, but I'm telling you, I've met so many people who came to Jesus like later in life and as they're thinking back through their life, they recognize that even at some of their lowest, most difficult points, they start to see, man, God spared me. I was messed up, but I should have died. That hurt, but I survived. And we start to see where the power of God was at work to bring us all the way through to where we are here today. Now, if you already put your trust in Jesus, I know that you could point and say, wow, yeah, I, I love the power of God showing up in my life. But if you have yet to put your trust in him, do it today. Experience what it is that we've been talking about. Some of you have been coming for a while. You've been listening, but you haven't said yes. (laughs) You have kept him at the property line of your life. He is not dwelling in you. You have not kicked open all those doors and said, come. I surrender all these areas of my life to you. Come, forgive, heal, redeem, fix. Today's your day. Today's your day.
Man, Paul's prayer is a pastor's prayer. As I read this, man, it is so much my heart for you, my church family. And I wanna close by doing something because I think that we, we can also learn something through this prayer. We can learn how to pray. And so what I did is I wanna close and I've, I've rewritten this prayer once again, but I've done it in such a way that it makes it our prayer. What would it sound like if we took this prayer and, and prayed it for ourselves? Maybe for our family, for our church, but definitely for me. They're gonna put this up on the slide. But I want you to hear it as you would read along. God, out of your limitless riches, will you strengthen me? I need your power deep inside of me. I trust you, Lord, and invite you to move into every corner of my heart. My relationship with you started because I knew you loved me. But now I long for your love even more. By your power, would you allow me to experience every dimension of your love. I know that's the only way I'll have your fullness of life. So I'm gonna ask you right now, would you make that prayer your own? Whether you've put your trust in Jesus before or if this is the first time today, but Jesus, I need your power deep inside of me. I need this revolution of the inner being that we read about today. I now trust you, Lord, and invite you to move into every corner of my heart. I give you myself and all that I am. Jesus, we need you and we need your power we need to recognize that your power has already been at work in our lives and our stories to draw me to you, to preserve my life, Lord, and to allow me, to enable me to experience transformation and your love, your grace, your mercy, and your full life. So now, Jesus, I give you all of who I am, every corner of my being. I don't hold anything back from you. I am all yours so that I can experience you being all mine. In Jesus' name. Man, if that's your prayer today, I'm just gonna ask you to stand. If that's your prayer, stand.
If that's your prayer, stand. Jesus, I give you all of myself. I give you all of my heart. I give you all of my life. I give you everything of who and what I am. Listen, we've got a prayer team that's gonna come right now and just stand because we wanna agree with people who for the very first time are saying, Jesus, I put my trust in you fully and completely. And so I'm just gonna ask, if that's you, I'm just gonna ask you to just also come and just come up and say, I need to affirm that. Maybe it's your first time. Maybe it's your 10th or 100th. It doesn't matter to the Lord. But would you come and would you just say, I I am once again affirming this. I need to tell the Lord that I need your transforming power in my life and in my story. Jesus, I pray for your power and your grace to draw people, Lord, to your love. Your power and your grace, the majesty of your love, your salvation. Lord, I pray for fullness of life, fullness of life in Jesus' name, that the enemy would not be able to steal, to kill, to destroy the life that you have intended for your kids. Jesus, thank you for your power that is already at work within us. Now magnify it, Lord. Ramp it up. Turn up the volume on that in such a way, Lord, that we can see and feel and hear your work in our stories. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Friends, do not miss an opportunity to come and to receive prayer and to affirm God's work in your inner being, in your inner man. You are loved, church. You are loved. Walk in it. Have a great, great week.